You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Margot Williamson. Margot, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Margot, we're talking on December 8th. You're calling me from Toronto. Uh, we're going to talk about your work, but to begin with, how has the last year been for you in terms of your, your, your practice throughout the whole pandemic? Um, very interesting. Um, <laughs> there's, there's so many hmm. things to say. <laughs> um, well, my, my life isn't so different. I don't, I normally work alone and, um, the, but with, I did have a show, an exhibition, I had to make some paintings and, um, my kid was sent home from school, the schools were closed. And my stretchers were delayed, and there were shortages at the art store, so I was lining up for my little ration of linseed oil every couple of weeks. Um, wow! So it was, it was really it was really strange, but uh, so there are a lot of um, restrictions, or it was it was pretty. It, it, all the delays made things pretty intense. Um, so I sort of had to, um, I sort of had to really incorporate some serious meditation into my day and then things worked out pretty well, but it was kind of nice having my kids sometimes sitting at my desk while I was painting and, and, uh, having a deadline. (laughs) So, so let's talk about what you have been working on, um, recent paintings, um, we could talk about ones like I've, I've been through your website and seen seen a number of things. But should we should we begin talking about paintings like um, like pillows or another one that you've been working uh, on recently? Yeah, uh, pillows is the last one I finished, so that sounds good. Um, so, so so tell me about that one. That one is um, is unusual in perspective and content and everything, of course. Um, tell me a little bit about. About that, that feels kind of pandemic-ish to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, um, I don't even. I don't even know what to say. That um, I just got pillows in my head, and I really thought, okay, I need to make this painting. It was just the floor of like nothing. Just the floor. There's nothing left to paint, and um, but I couldn't. I couldn't like go to Goodwill to find a striped pillowcase. Like for some reason, I needed a striped pillowcase to look at. <laughs> so I had to. I, I texted all of my friends. Anyone got a striped pillowcase? So um, I feel like that painting got built up while I was doing this ridiculous pandemic search for a striped pillowcase. Which of course I could have used my imagination, but so I just uh, started by painting those two pillows on the floor and then yeah it was kind of it was just uh when you think you're painting nothing and you think you're just painting the floor but there's so much there still um, right so let's yeah. talk about this 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 scene you know it's um a table and chairs there's papers it's it's not typically a scene that um someone might even photograph 
or paint because it, it doesn't have a specific narrative to it or, or even what seems like, um, uh, I, I don't know, a, a, a focal point. It's, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a life. It's something very personal, it seems to me. But, but how do you view these? Do you see them as there's a narrative in here, this is uh, a story, or, or is it something else? Because there's certainly views that, that typically we don't, we don't see, right, or we don't notice for too long. Yeah, I, um, when I started painting, I would make more narrative-esque kind of paintings. Um, and then I, I switched to realizing I'm a painter and I'm just trying to paint something, and that became a more direct narrative. Um, but but when, I'm, when I'm actually painting, like I don't like the idea of the paintings being narrative or hints into a world. I, I don't like the idea that they're going somewhere. I, I do like the idea that they're, they're giving more time and space, if that's possible. Um, I always noticed how great it was that paintings could offer more space and a window out or um, just such a great illusion of depth um, or, you know, a wonderful flatness. Um, mm. But with these paintings, I realized, oh, okay, paintings don't move. <laughs> and and how wonderful is that to just to let, um, a, let this picture plane holds so many hours or so that's that's one of the reasons there aren't people in them um in the beginning one of the paintings I put a person in and it was just completely wrong it was just uh it, it became a moment or a narrative rather than look we're getting as much time as we possibly can which is, you know, pretty funny that these are made during the pandemic, just this desire. They were started before the pandemic, but I think for me, just always this desire for more time and more space. So let's talk about that, because you mentioned that earlier in here, giving more time and space, the, the painting. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a viewer experience, too. What do you mean by that, giving more time and, and space that's kind of almost an action that the painting is is doing yeah um just that a painting can actually do that like a painting doesn't have to be like a photograph and represent something it can it can, it can represent literally so many hours just in the making of it um and for the viewer, what is the viewer? Does the viewer experience, or do you think of it that way, that, that they're given more time and space um, um, in, in seeing your, I, your work? Or, no. I hope so. I, I, for me, um, I would love to be someone who is, I'm more of a intuitive conceptual artist rather than, um, like if I, if I knew what I wanted to give the audience, um, that would be amazing, but I just can't work like that. Those Any ideas that I have that I think other people are going to like are just, they're just not very good. It's just not, it's just not where my intelligence is. Um, so I always have to follow behind the work and I have to surprise myself and I have to find something myself. So when I started these paintings, 
the first one I made was uh, of just waves. Um, a little bit like you were in the middle of the waves. And that's and just intuitively, that's the only painting I wanted to make. And I made other ones, and I sort of understood a bit where I was going. And then about two or three years later, I made another painting of a tree that was just across the street, and I realized, oh, I've just made the same exact painting. Like, the tree and the waves look almost identical, except the tree, I sort of got a little... The repetition was really nice to see. Um, But... I, I saw, too, that I was getting a little closer to where I wanted to go because wa- the tree, when I'm painting the tree, I also painted it like the waves, like you're, you're in the middle. You can't see the end of it. Um, but it could be 100 years because the tree branches move so slowly. Um, and waves are a bit more of a, you know, I'm catching a moment. Um, and I just love that idea. I love that idea of what does that look like a hundred years? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. And and so so to move further into maybe that type of painting or another type, um, branches is another image mm-hmm. from last year, right? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? Because that one feels very abstract to me. I'm not sure what's happening there. There's, there's trees and, and wood and, and flowers. Um, can we talk about that one? How, how does that one differ from, say, table and chair? Uh, I mean, it's a different subject matter, of course, but it seems like a different approach, too. Hmm. Uh, well, table and, table and yeah, chair... I mean, I know what, before I paint, I know, I don't know what the painting's going to look like at all, but I know I'm painting a table. So when I painted table and chair, I, I just thought, oh, that chair looks good today, I'll paint that. And then I painted something the next day, and then I painted something the next day. And I have sort of a policy of no correction, um, which makes things, which makes it a bit more of a fun game when you're going along. And I figured no one needs perfection from me. But when I painted um, Meeting Place, is that the one you're talking about, Branches? Yeah, um, uh, Branches from 2021, yeah. Uh, which looks like yeah. a kind of table and trees. Yeah, that... Um, uh, <laughs> I guess I sort of do have a bit more of like the intuitive um, drive sometimes. Like I, I have a, I went to McDowell to do an artist residency and I came home and I didn't even realize this. I came home and I would take a walk in the woods every day to warm up because I had a nice big castle painting studio. But um, I got home and I had like 500 pictures of tree trunks. <laughs> like I, ne- I never even looked up. Like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Um, I have another painting of tree trunks, too. Like, just how, uh, I don't know. I That was one of my last ones. That was one of my most recent ones, too, the, the branches. So, um, and I, it's almost hard for me to even visualize that. But they're, they're painted, they're all painted in the same way, one one mm-hmm. thing at a time. So I painted that, I think maybe... 
I, it's not probably in that in that case like it's not like I painted one tree and then I thought oh I'm gonna paint a a water bottle now I think I knew that there were gonna be a lot of tree trunks so mm-hmm. um, it's a, a little bit different than suddenly noticing a candle and placing that somewhere. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I, I, I like that kind of description of, of intuitively following things. That, 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 that rings true to me, and I like that. You're, you're, so you're continuing to paint and show, and are you you're also involved in other things? I know that there's kind of posters and books by other people on your site, and um, is, there, is there other projects that you want to talk about that you're involved in or, or collaborations? Um, yeah, well, I've... I I I work a lot with my friends, but not so much in a in a direct collaborative way. Um, so on my website, those pamphlets are um, just pamphlets that I wrote or a book that I made. Um, that was an exhibition catalog for a made-up museum that I placed and located in the Yukon. But I worked with a real curator and um, real writers, and it was really interesting and. Um, so, so yeah, let's but, talk about that because that seems very interesting to me. It's a, and it's a great way to really make use of an exhibition catalog, right? To get very, to make it as an artwork in itself. It was. I was really happy about that. It was. Um, um, I I actually I had been recovering from cancer and uh, I was fine, but it was it, the chemotherapy really knocked me out for a year or two after and um and I just really gained my 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 hold on what I was working on and and my practice so I was excited about that but I knew I didn't have much energy so I really had the 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 illness sort of forced me into really thinking about pleasure and what I really really wanted and I grew up looking at art just through books and catalogs and all from a distance and I still love that I still love that a painting show can all stay together in a book and can be a little more permanent and accessible not just um, I don't mean intellectually accessible I mean physically accessible Um, intellectually accessible is really nice too but um, anyway I so I really, I really did think about it. And I was like, oh, I, actually, to be honest with myself, I would love a catalog more than I would even like a show. And so I put all of my energy into that. And I had enough great people around me and a, an amazing um, <clears throat> poetry art publishing house in Toronto. And every, everything just felt like pretend but magic and the work, the the content of the work, I was reading a lot about tricksters and and just that idea of something changes meaning um, in a different space or um, you can make the world you want um, uh, even if you don't have much of a hopeful imagination. So it, it was it was like a, it was a it was a real pleasure and it it was a little bit like ah i'm i'm making my own world and i'm i'm doing exactly what i want 
and I, there there doesn't have to be any necessary evils or or uh, shipment of paintings. <laughs> so it was fun. I love that. Um, so are you working on anything now? Is there more text that you're working on or a catalog? Do you imagine doing another one like that? Well, yeah, yeah. Text has always been part of part of my work process because I, um, um, sorry, I got distracted. That's always the Canadian word. I always get called out for being Canadian when I say process. I'm like process. <laughs> I like um, process. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so words have always been very helpful to me. Um, I always, I always uh, do all the quote-unquote art thinking, sitting at a table, sort of rearranging notes and um, quick thoughts. Instead of, I, I'm not a drawer, so. Um, but then with these paintings I've been doing the last few years, someone was asking if they could have my notes for them, and I was like, oh, I, I thought these paintings are the antithesis of writing, like. I, they're finally no more words. I've gotten rid of words entirely. We're impressed by words. And then I realized, oh, I've written like 200 pages. <laughs> it just were, they weren't in notes. They were like in paragraphs and they were on my computer. So uh, I realized, when I realized I had 200 pages, I joined a writing group. So now I have a, a writing group and I'm trying to figure out what to do with these words. Um, but it's a very different medium. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. But it's great talking about this. And um, I, I want to ask you, speaking of words, one more question, which is what are you reading at the moment? I like to read science stuff in the morning, science books or science articles to sort of wake my brain up. And then at night I usually read fiction or poetry. But I, um, the book now is called Melina by Ingborg Bachman. Um, I was also reading, I don't, I don't know if you say 2666 or 2666, the Bolano book. And uh, I was reading one of my writing group friends. He just published a book. His name's Jubal Brown. It's called Dive Gum. So I've got these three. It's just a perfect combination of books right now. I, it feels very rude not asking what you're reading right now. I'm curious, but... <laughs> What I'm reading, you can ask me, I'm reading um, a book of poetry. I always am reading some poetry all the time. Um, and I, I am reading a book about Paris, going to Paris, um, which is, I read, I, I read something that's fiction, something that's nonfiction, and something that's poetry all at once. And I tend to go through yeah. poetry books pretty quickly, but the... Uh, the nonfiction is about a, a story of a uh, father and moving to Paris for four years, and it's very funny and, and kind of romantic in a way. And, and the fiction that I'm reading is, uh, is McSweeney's. Uh, I, I get their quarterly concern, which is just amazing kind of writing, right? Uh, just great, mm -hmm. great fiction writers. But this particular edition of it, and they're just really creative when it comes to publishing. This particular edition, instead of coming in like what looks like a hardbound book and 
uh, you know, with, with multiple authors, it comes in a, a clamshell box and it has things in it like a keychain, a scroll, a newspaper, different kinds of books, and the whole thing is, oh, is wow. a kind of hybrid audio uh, audio book. So it's kind of amazing, and it's done by really interesting writers and artists. So, like one of the things is there's a newspaper about. Uh, an artist who's doing a jump and the jump is she's a performance artist and she's doing a jump from, you know, the space station to a small, uh, um, you know, pool in, in a country club in Nevada. And, and, and it's played as this kind of, you know, this artist that's making this kind of enormous jump and, and working with it with the space station and all this stuff and all these materials and the cost of fortune. And, um, and when you listen to the audio, it's kind of somebody um, as though they're kind of like newscasters saying, okay, you know, she's, she's in the ship, she's about to, you know, launch. And, and, of course, you never really know whether she lands or not, but it's kind of a fascinating. And there's a number of examples in there like that, a kind of a fascinating mix of, of audio and, and text. Oh, that sounds really great. I haven't heard yeah. of that. Margot, I want to thank you for talking with me today. I really appreciate your time and work. Um, I wish you well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.